Welcome to the May 11th, 2020 edition of Dong City. Ham Maldonado, Vince Mercandetti. You just heard Ernesto Head with Abraham of all time. We're going to get into it. Uh, that's a little teaser into some of the stuff we're going to talk to. My clothing is not giving it away. Vince, do your thing, baby. Thank you. I was wondering what you had, what you were playing for me. So <laughs> that was uh, very helpful. Welcome to Dong City. We have a lot to get to, which is pleasant. I think this is the new normal for us, Henry. For the next few weeks, we are going to be in a game of ping pong between players and owners. That's mostly what we're going to talk about today. We have COVID updates. That's what we'll start off with. Um, we are going to talk about all of the current issues swirling around Major League Baseball and how to possibly solve them. And uh, there's also been some other updates as far as a new realignment, realignment version 7,000, and uh, some new rules that have been proposed. So we're going to give you updates on uh, as far as what the proposals are from ownership that's been approved as of today and are going to be reviewed by players tomorrow. So Mm -hmm. let's get get into it. Uh, I think the moral of the story today is going to be money. (laughs) What do you think? Yeah, definitely money. you know, we were we always go through a couple of days of figuring out what we're going to talk about in the next episode. And MLB, uh, the last couple of weeks, has been doing a wonderful job of giving us content. And I think we had an, an article a day since Friday um, helping us out here. So, yeah, update. You know what? We earned it, though, because. Well, we gave them the platform and, and the, you know, the template to what the hell to do is just. <laughs> yeah. First of all, everything that's being discussed now, we discussed in late February, but second of all, we, uh, we have gone through the beginning of baseball season with no actual baseball. So if you like baseball wants to start handing us stuff, I will accept it. Gladly. Um, let's get to the first part of this. And that is the actual COVID updates as it pertains to major league baseball. Interesting articles, as you alluded to that came out earlier this week, one of which is that they tested uh, antibody tests for MLB employees, like a sample size of them, and then extrapolated those results. And the results were were pretty interesting. A very um, good sample size. Yeah, yeah, it was. I don't. Do you remember the exact number? I wish I had that up in front of me, and I don't. I want to say four thousand plus. Yeah. So, well, I think total employees in MLB is like forty six fifty or something. I think they tested a percentage of that and then extrapolated the results. And basically what they found was that of the, of the percentage of players slash um, employees who are infected, 70% of them have, uh, were asymptomatic. Actually, it's more tests. It's uh, 5,603 tests. Okay. And, and they found 70% of them were asymptomatic. Um, which kind of makes sense to me. I mean, you think about it, you're talking about professional athletes. The athletes make up the bulk of the employees and they're all under the age of 45 safely. And a lot of the coaches are under the age of, of 60. <laughs> so you expect that it wouldn't hurt a professional athlete probably as it would the rest of the population. Yeah. Uh, we can chalk that, I guess, off as an encouragement as far as starting Major League Baseball, those results. I think there's mixed reviews on whether they were good results or bad. I look at it as that's better than I expected. I think that's fantastic. Um, yeah. Uh, you're talking about now there's a whole lot of layers to this, right? Like it's not just the players who matter. Obviously the elderly people working in baseball matter and their families matter. That's where I was going. I, I think it's fantastic. I think it shows that people are uh, taking the CDC's advice and people are self quarantining and, and socially distancing and, and doing the things that they need to do to protect themselves and their, and their families. And like you said, it's not just players it's you know ball boys uh umpires you know personnel in the in the locker rooms you know people doing you know the groundskeepers it's it's not just the mlb players so i think obviously you want the number to be zero that's not going to be realistic but i think getting the number as low as it was is is very positive yeah it it is and Baseball is in a tough spot. We've mentioned this before, but they have a smaller window than every other sport for a few reasons. One is that they haven't started their season, whereas 
hockey and basketball are almost finished with their regular seasons. Two is that basketball and hockey, you can really play any time of year. It's not reliant on being outdoors for any reason. And three is that Major League Baseball would have to get their entire season in plus the playoffs. And their goal, as as mentioned yesterday, is they want it to happen before the projected second wave, um, which is probable, I would say, to come. Not a guarantee, but probable. And it would probably come sometime in October or November. So they don't want to back up the season. That's one thing we're going to have to take a minor L on because I had them backing up the season into the first week of November. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. I think they'd rather eat some games. So when we went through the Yankee schedule, we got to like 90 or 100 games if you started July 1st and eliminated the All-Star weekend, which they've already decided they will. Um, We're probably looking more at like an 80 to 90 game season, I think. Yeah, I was hoping 100, you know, I was looking at that magic round number, but I mean, I think anybody takes anything at this point. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, we want to get as many games as possible. I'm more concerned uh, about what do we do if that second wave hits and we're in the middle of the season. I think it would be catastrophic if we just had to cancel the season, you know, with 60 games under the belt or whatever. It's a delicate issue. I think when you look at the virus, and I, you know, I'm not going to pretend to have a scientific background. I have talked to my dad about this, who does have a scientific background, but uh, I do not. <laughs> so I'll, I'll give you the best translation. What he said made a lot of sense. We spoke about it over Mother's Day yesterday. Um, the virus second wave is going to likely come when it's cold <laughs> in most of the country. So we're not. It's not going to come in the summer at all. Right. Um, it's probably going to come in the fall and it's specifically probably going to come in mid to late October, maybe early November. Like that's the general time frame. So to your point, the big goal here is you have to be done with the regular season by the end of September. Yep. Uh, maybe the first week of October, then you can guarantee to me, you have to do this in baby steps, right? Cause we don't know how, what's going to happen in the future with this virus. If it's going to be bad enough to stop the season. And we don't know any of that. Uh, good or bad, we don't know any of that. So in my mind, you have to take it in steps. One is that you have to be able to start spring training. That's step one. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, step one, which we'll get to for most of this episode, is the agree. players and owners have to agree on starting spring yeah, training. They gotta get together. So that's the first thing we'll talk about that most of the time. But after that, you then have to decide on starting spring training, and then you have to decide on starting the regular season and where, and we'll get to that. Um, and then you have to get through the regular season, and then you have to get through the playoffs. Those are those are like all of the systematic goals that we're looking at here. Um, but ultimately, you need to get through step five or whatever that was by the end of September, early October. Uh, and then at least if you're just dealing with the playoffs, I think you have a lot of leeway there. So that's the first step. <laughs> but uh, I thought that, again, the, the results from a health standpoint were encouraging. Um, they're not great. As Henry said, they're not perfect, but they're mm-hmm. encouraging. And, uh, and that, that's step one. So the owners today agreed to proceed with a proposal to players to start the season. So we know that owners have buy-in. They want to start the season. Mm-hmm. This is nothing that we didn't predict like 12 times already because money is going to be the driving factor here, not science. Um, and you can make a case for the science, but money is the driving factor here. So. Oh, yeah, and it, and it always is, and if you're a fan of other sports, that's going to be the driving factor in those sports, too. They, like, if you think for a second NBA Finals and that NHL don't want to have playoffs, mm-hmm. you're not going to do everything on earth to get a playoff in before next season, you're, you're crazy. And the NFL is sitting pretty because this just happened to fall <clears throat> perfectly for them. It's very possible they can have a season uninterrupted. Yeah, of course, because NFL has a horseshoe up its ass – all the time, every year in anything, they could do anything wrong. They're like the Trump of football of sports. <laughs> they can kill babies, and you're still going to be supported. There's nothing NFL could do to ruin their shit. Videos can come out of you know guys dragging women in an elevator, and just everything's okay. Yeah, it just doesn't matter. They get yeah steroids in it on baseball. There's no reason for football players to use steroids. Domestic abuse in it on others. Like they just they're completely Teflon. So I don't know why, but yeah, that's how it is. 
Yeah. So, yeah, I have no doubt in my mind football will be unaffected by this. Although, at least if there is a second wave and it is bad, like, how are they going to deal with that? They'll be right in the middle of their season. I'm, I'm dying for sports. Between the UFC and the and the Michael Jordan documentary, I was I was having some fun this weekend. But um, look, if baseball gets sidelined with a second wave, I'm gonna give you a big middle finger to the NFL. You're going to come with us, you know. But one thing the owners did do this weekend that I thought was really grimy, and that's the New Yorker and me coming out really, really grimy that hasn't been spoken about. So they knew that they had a proposal they wanted to give to the players you know this week tomorrow mm-hmm. and they just happened to leak that the players were pissed off because they have to make concessions and what do the fans do they jump on the players oh they're so greedy they're horrible i can't believe that every it's, time it was a real shit move by whoever leaked the that information that the players are already pushing back before they even have anything official to look at right so i just thought that was a real shit move by the owners yeah so I'm addressing specifically like 60-year-old white men in this country. When this topic comes up with baseball and money, please just stop talking. Like, please just once. I know that you're very entitled. You're a very entitled generation. I've lived with it all my life as a millennial. Just stop talking when it comes to finances with baseball because every single time they get it wrong. And and yes, I'm generalizing. Not everyone... Oh, you're right. I'll get it wrong, too. Don't say sorry. You're right. I, I am on social media enough, in enough groups with enough sample size to blame specifically white men in their 60s. And the reason I'm saying that is because they get it wrong every time. They always blame the players for wanting more money. And the fact of the matter is it's billionaires fighting with millionaires. So if you think you can relate to either one, you can't. If you think that your job is similar to a major league baseball players in terms of leverage and importance, it's not. You, Your job, no matter how good you are at it, for anyone listening or anyone who will ever listen in the future, is not as important and doesn't have as much leverage as a major league baseball player. I hate to break it to you, kind of like it, but I hate to break it to you, but it's true. So if you're like, well, if I go into my job and, and demand X amount of money, I'd be fired. Yes, you would, because you're not a major league baseball player. So let's get that out of the way. It's, it's the same shit when you hear it. The one thing that just grinds my gears is they pay athletes so much money, but they don't pay teachers and servicemen. I'm like, shut oh, up. Yeah. Yeah. This is a private industry. Shut the fuck up. Stop comparing right. them. Shut the fuck up. Please. Yes. Yes. We all we all love capitalism until it's in play. Uh, <laughs> and, then, and then we're like, wait a minute here. I don't want these people making all this money and making money demands. But anyway, uh, Henry and I, though, are in agreement. Whether it's the players, or the owners, if they don't reach an agreement and that's the reason we don't have baseball, it's not because of COVID. That's pathetic. <laughs> that's about as bad of a mistake as you can make maybe ever for any sport, I think would be the most tone deaf and worst decision you can possibly make. I'd like to see what the owners actually propose tomorrow. Um, Cause you know, we're going to get some pushback. It's not like the owners are going to say, here's a proposal that, you know, benefits you. When someone goes into a negotiation, they start at a point that benefits them. So they're not going to be like, Oh look, this is for you. No, fuck you. Let me, give me the meat and the potatoes. Let me see what we're doing and let's talk. Stop the leaking bullshit. Let's get going, man. Fans fans are taking this serious. Fans need it. Owners need it. Players need it. I think the country needs it right now. Absolutely. You know? And that's been mentioned. for a reason. Yes. That's been mentioned several times, too. Baseball's always been a healing power. Um, I'm not going to get on a soapbox as far as that's why we should open the sport. But if we're going to open the sport, that's one of its benefits. <laughs> it's going it's to benefit everyone. Uh, and you'll probably get good ratings out of it because for a little bit of time – Baseball may very well control everything like it does every summer, but this time it's going to be like on crack because people are dying, dying for sports and baseball's going to be on every single night. Did you watch any of the UFC this weekend? No. All right. UFC held a pay-per-view, which um, I had an issue that they actually tried to charge people for it. I'm thinking it's the first event back. Give That's it awesome. away. But yeah. They charge, whatever. But um, anyway, people still streams. Yeah. That's um, a Vince McMahon move, wrestling fans. And I was concerned and I was, you know, a little, uh, it's not going to be the same. They did a really good job. Um, 
they packaged it very well. The sounds were different. And, you know, I was kind of like, I don't want to see a game without fans in baseball. But I think it can work. And I think the interactive perspective of it um, can be huge. You know, you can hear players talking a little more in a dugout. You can hear, you know, the sound is going to change. How you hear a ball off the bat, how you, you're going to hear, you know, grunts and, and all the little things that you don't catch normally. Um, and I think that sound, you know, will translate well. You know, um, on the UFC, the, one of the commentators was talking and kind of critiquing. And one of the fighters at the end of his fight said, oh, I heard so-and-so say this and I made the adjustments, which is kind of crazy. So I'm yeah, wondering what you're gonna, what we'll pick up and, you know, guys yelling out of the dugout. So, you know, that's an element that I, at first had me nervous. But after watching the UFC this weekend, I'm kind of a little more positive on that. Yeah. Uh, I look at it from a, you know, from a broadcasting and a production standpoint. This is a golden opportunity like everything else in baseball this year. You know, baseball's already pretty much agreed there's going to be universal DH this year. And if you think that's going to go away in the future, you're sadly mistaken. We are, yeah. This opens the floodgates for universal DH. I don't think there's any way getting around those, it. Those same 60-year-old white men you were just talking about are having a fit right now. They're just it's sitting a, like, ah. It's a really rough week. For, city guys, you know. <laughs> for white boomers. Yeah, it's a really rough week for them. Uh, they're losing out on pitchers hitting 120 and getting to see three strikeouts a game. They're missing out on, uh, you know, they have to deal with another player negotiation. It's just been it's a rough week. I, you know, that's tough. I, I did see something funny in the group today. Um, someone brought up, uh, I think they just shared a tweet about the universal DH. And on that thread, the staunch defender of no DH was a fan of an American League team. Yeah, I saw that. That made no sense. <laughs> I'm like, what are you fighting about? Shut the fuck up. I love your shitty product. <laughs> Don't bring it here, but I love when you guys are Today, today is the shut the fuck up show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. um, and anyway, to, to another poster, Joe had posted that article about, or had posted that, that post about um, whether or not we should open the season, knowing there could be a second or third wave which, you know, plenty of merit in, in asking the question. Uh, I think that what we're touching on, though, is that players – or, I'm sorry, fans do not have to be in the stadium. So I think that's that's going to be a big variable. I don't I don't have an answer if fans are ever going to show up to ballparks this year. But um, but to your point, Henry, I look, at, I look at that from a production standpoint. You have another golden opportunity. So baseball can tinker with the sport itself – uh, with the universal DH, they're probably going to shorten double headers. We may have run, that runner on second rule in extra innings, which I don't like, but that that's on the table. But the other thing they can do is all the stuff we've been clamoring for years, which is mic up several players <laughs> from plays and, and mic up the dugouts. And yeah, they're, you know, there's going to be cursing, I'm sure, and stuff. But this is a chance for us to get very close to players. And one of baseball's biggest problems is we aren't, we don't feel close to players. They're, they're marketed terribly. They're branded terribly. This is a chance to, you know, you remember Charlie Blackman in the all-star game? He was mic'd up for like an inning. That was awesome. <laughs> I could have watched that every single day. And now you have the opportunity to do that. So that can eat up a lot of this white noise, so to speak, or empty noise or not, or lack of noise um, from a lack of fans is you can have a very interactive experience um, maybe even more announcers, stuff like that. I'm going to go out on a limb and say we'll have a lot less ejections this year because managers are not going to want to argue because they can't sit there with the umpire in a high voice saying, I'm just yelling at you because I need to get kicked out this game, so I need to bring my team up. So I'm going to yell at you. I'm going to flail. I'm going to kick some dust, but I'm not really talking shit. Call me later and we can have some dinner. We're not going to hear any of that. And I'm not taking a form of robotic umpiring off the table either. Uh, you know, it'll be, I don't think they can do a fully, a full one this year. Just the technology's probably not there yet, but I think they'll cut down on the responsibilities of umpires. So here's my thing with that. I'm all for some sort of automatic strike zone, you know, um, just for the purpose of getting the call right. But I think in this instance, you have to think of the safety of the umpires, which 89 Ninety percent of the umpire crew are in the you know the demographics of the most affected or the you know yeah they're I, they're old yeah you have to be really careful you know with those guys particularly and I think if they can umpire less games or maybe be a less little more travel. I'm sure you'll probably see the same number of umpires with an automated strike zone you'll have 
them placed differently. You know, they'll be the home plate umpire will be probably positioned differently for check swings and stuff like that. Yeah. Or what about if you put them in a booth? They can call balls and strikes from there, right? They can, but I think you have to have an umpire on the field behind the batter somehow. Like I said, I think, you know, the angling might change because you still need someone to call check swings and that kind of stuff. Um, yeah. you know, balls that are tipped right on the plate, those kind of quick, quirky plays, you know, there's still stuff that they're going to have to call, but I think you have to protect them. Yeah. I, I See, that's the type of stuff that I don't, I don't really think it are major barriers. I think you can find easy solutions for how you're going to socially distance umpires. See, like people are, compl- are worried about pickoffs at first, like all that stuff has solutions somewhere. I don't necessarily have the greatest answer for you right now, but those things have solutions. What doesn't have solutions is players agreeing to a percentage of revenue or even the idea of revenue sharing, which doesn't exist in baseball. And also, and this is a legitimate point, players feeling safe enough to take that risk. So there's there's two schools of thoughts here. One is you can agree with the owners and say, hey, they're taking a bath on revenue because they're probably going to make like half of what they did, although not a guarantee, but they, the, they should make less money than they did. It's not a full season. Right. And if that's the case, fine. You can feel that way. It, it, it's whatever. But the players have a legitimate gripe that <laughs> they're taking on all the physical risks of this. And by proxy, their families are taking on the, all the physical risks of this. And the owners can quarantine anytime they want. So you do have to compensate them at a bare minimum in that regard. And that's going to be a big pressing point from the players is you, you can throw a revenue number at us, but it has to include the fact that we're taking on all of the risk. And yes, we want to play, but we don't want to die or see our parents die or loved ones die because we played this season under a risk. So that's legit. That's legit. Their physical risk definitely has value. And you're right. They should be compensated accordingly. So. Yeah, so we're getting some good comments here in the comments section. Um, Sean mentioning kind of what I feel, that if they have an automatic strike zone this year, it's got to be near perfect. You don't want to piss off fans with faulty technology. That's why I don't don't think you can do straight-up robotic or automated strike zones this year because I doubt that technology is ready. But I do think there's a middle ground there somewhere. Yeah, you're you're right. I don't think they were ready for this. you know, the idea has been floated kind of just to get people used to it. But I don't think the technology is is there or perfected just yet to kind of just don't roll it out now and say, this is what we're going to, you know, go with. Right. So, yeah. So guys like Andrew Miller and whatnot, like players demanding safety and not just from COVID, but there was also an article that had come out. The Yankees doctor, take it for what it's worth, says that uh, he can see a large influx of Tommy John surgeries this year because pitchers are not going to be able to prepare how they normally would, which we normally see a large influx of Tommy John surgeries anyway. So, I mean, that could be catastrophic, but. I think one of these two handsome gentlemen might've said that a few weeks back on. uh... (laughs) It wasn't me. So (laughs) process of elimination. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, you had mentioned that. And now we have, verification from a professional that that is a true risk is that we could see an influx of Tommy Johns. I already saw Severino sale and Syndergaard among many others go down already. So it's, there's an inherent risk already. It's not like that's a new problem for MLB, but that's probably another feather in the cap in the negotiations of the players. Yeah, definitely getting them ramped up uh, this fast and this hard. And, you know, I'm sure some of these guys are going to start playing and they're going to think, it's 80 games. It's not 162. You know, I can give a little more. I can play through something that, you know, they maybe not have played through before. You know, it's very risky. And I think we're definitely going to see a rash of injuries, if not this year, the following season. Yeah. And that'll be every Yankee ever, both this year and next year. They're going to get rashes of injuries this year and next year somehow because of this. Like, uh, yeah, uh, Garrett Cole will try and throw like 107. What's that? Andujar is going to have Tommy John in his non-throwing arm. Yeah, right. Like, just weird problems. And the same Chris Ahmad who said Tommy John's love and influx, he's, he's going to just screw everything up somehow. So we know that. But I still want a season because I'd like to see the Yankees play the NL East for a full season. And that leads us into our next segue here. Another realignment. If you're a Yankee fan, it's for the worst. <laughs> if you are a... What do you think, a central, like a NL central fan It's for the best? Is that, is that who's benefiting here? Central got the, will get the lighter part of it. 
Yeah. So if you're an if you're a Cubs fan out there or Cardinals fan, if you're Mike Harvey, you are uh, probably a little happy with the latest iteration of a of a realignment because now instead of Grapefruit League, which Henry and I were very welcoming of because it meant Pirates and Marlins and very little else, we now are dealt with all the Easts, all the Centrals, and all the Wests are going to play together. Regional schedule. Yeah, regional schedule, and I don't like that as much. <laughs> it's, uh, I don't think the NL East is a juggernaut, but the Mets always play tough, even though they're going to have a fracture. I think losing Noah hurts the Mets a lot, more than the Yankees losing Severino, because they're built on that pitching staff, and Noah probably had the biggest upside outside of DeGrom, who you knew was going to be an ace either way. Um, so I think the Mets are a little fractured, but they still play the Yankees pretty scrappy. Always. And... Um, the Phillies are no slouch. And then you have the Nationals, who are a legitimate team, legitimate contender, and defending champions. Although I think all of their arms are going to get damaged. And the Braves. Yeah, right. And then the best, probably, the team that's going to win what would be the NL East is the Braves. So Yankees get the Braves, Nationals, Phillies, and the scrappy Mets. And all they get a benefit out of that is the Marlins, who, by the way, took two out of three from them last year. So... <laughs> The Marlins, uh, you know, they, they, that organization looks like they're, they're on the upswing. They're doing good things over there. Yeah, they are. I like I like the Marlins rebuild. I like the Pirates rebuild, too. I just don't think it's uh, – it's, The problem with the Pirates answer. rebuild is we're in year 30 of it. Right. It, we, yeah, you never know when the Pirates are going to have a core because they actually trade their core players, which is a totally bizarre strategy to me. Like, at least the Marlins are like, we got these guys for six years. Let's see what we can do. They're a little more raised than, than – Pirates. Pirates are like, we've had this guy through pre-arb. Let's trade him and let's trade two other guys with promise so we can get a veteran. Like, none of it makes sense. It's a veteran. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's get Chris Archer because we feel like we're going to compete any day now. Um, imagine, if they had, imagine if that Pirates team, as currently constructed, had Glass now and Austin Meadows. Yeah. The, just those two alone, there's been plenty of others, too. And that none of that takes into account if they bought a free agent. And the money, right, because they save money, right. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I, what the Pirates are – whether you like the Pirates' farm system, system or not, you can't trust a rebuild because you don't know what their rebuild's going to be. Marlins, I can say, I like their farm. It's a top-10 farm to me. And they, I think they're going to go about it as far as keeping players. So – Anyway, we're arguing about just the worst teams in baseball, but the Marlins are better than the Pirates, is my point. Now we're not getting the Pirates. One thing real quick is it's – I think particularly the NL East teams benefit greatly from that because the Braves, the Phillies, and the Mets immediately have players that they can plug in at, you know, full-time DH. Right. That can slug. So that, that immediately makes them better. Yeah, another reason I don't get why NL fans have a problem with Universal DH, because I, I think like 15, 10 or 15 years ago, I can kind of understand, like you need to phase into it because a bunch of their bench players were like scrappy pinch runners or like contact guys. But now pretty much every team has someone on their bench who kind of sucks at defense and can hit the ball 450 feet. So to me, the NL is going to benefit from this because they already have to be built around like deeper bullpens and good rotations. And now you're saying, Hey, that shitty guy who can't play defense, but can hit, he's allowed to do that. How many years have I been saying you in assessment is the perfect DH candidate? Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good point too. The injury prone guys. You just can't stay on the field, but you put him at DH, let him slug away, man. Let him have all the funny wants. Let him slug. Those guys are built for that. Yeah, Renee, Renee said it. Cespedes for the Mets. Uh, James adds Howie Kendrick for the Nationals. He's 100 can, years old. They can even uh, alternate Dom Smith and, and Cespedes at DA. They, they can – Yeah, at Dom Smith, perfect example. from a DH. And um, he had mentioned, yeah, Marcelo Zuna on the Braves. I mean, that we saw him try and play left field. A good one. So everyone in that NL – has someone on that team who can, who's going to benefit from this. And you know, the AL already has it built in. So that's advantage NL East and all the, all the NL. Um, but that's the latest on the division realignment is we're looking at East. We're looking at regional travel. Um, I think we're going to, I thought, what did they say? Four game series was going to be like the norm. Um, no, it's um, not four game series. It's what was it? Nine games. 
against each opponent. Okay. Well, not so nine times nine would be 81. I guess that makes sense. Nine, nine games against each opponent. Um, well, so the latest one, well, the MLB proposal that actually went out, I'm looking at the CBS article now, is 82-game regional schedule and universal DH. 30-man active rosters with a 20-player taxi squad, because remember, we're not going to have minor leagues, which that's an L for the players, just agreeing to a five-round draft, which also happened this week. Stupid. Yeah, so let, like, we can talk about that a little bit. Players, you're in the middle of like a war, basically. And not to panic, I wanted to preface everything by saying this. You're not going to get an agreement, like Henry said, on the first proposal. You're probably not going to get one on the second proposal. And they both sides know they have three weeks here to make this happen. This is going to drag on past the weekend. Midnight hour. Yeah. Midnight hour. Uh, I don't know if June 1st is necessarily the doomsday date. But whatever that doomsday date is around there, this is going to be, drag until be before that. But it, this is not coming where they get a, the players get a proposal Tuesday. We have a deal on Thursday. It's not happening. Yeah, not happening. They don't. They're far apart as far as revenue too. Owners want part of this is owners want a. Uh, I guess the owners. This article has them coming out with fifty fifty split. I thought I had read a forty eight split for the players. Owners fifty two players forty eight. I saw forty nine fifty one somewhere. Yeah, well, so we'll say between 48 and 50, but it doesn't really matter because right now the players' union stance is that revenue sharing is a non-starter. So we'll have to see how that shakes out. But the rest of it is, uh, yeah, 14 teams in the postseason with games played in home cities in October. So I guess they feel that by October, even New York City is going to be able to have uh, – at least host the games. It doesn't say anything about fans, but at least have games. Another thing I didn't talk about was playoffs. Yeah. Right. Which I think for me, I would do, you know, something cool where you have, so you have three divisions, three divisions essentially. So you have the top three guys, they move on, you know, those are your division winners. Mm -hmm. And I would have the next team, 10 teams with the 10 best records. Okay, you're front. You're talking about both leagues combined. Yeah, yeah, that's what I would do. I would do the three, the three division winners, and then the next ten best teams. The overall winner gets a bye, and then you start the playoffs with the other twelve teams. What do you do in the second round? What do you mean? Twelve becomes six. Then you add in those. Oh, yeah, I mean you have to realign. I think you have to realign it. Okay. Yeah. Um, Recede rather. I. Here's my thing. This is what I don't grasp about the playoffs. And, and again, I'll preface it by saying I think the owners and players are pretty much in agreement of an expanded playoff. So if, if you're hoping it's not going to happen, it probably is. Uh, I think that they're going to go with seven on each side, so 14 teams in the playoffs. And I think they're going to go with top seed on each side gets a bye, and then the six become three, and then you add back in the top seeds is four on each side. I think, I think that's probably how it's going to work in some fashion. I don't like it. Um, I get why they're doing it because they want an expanded playoff because it's a shorter season, but I kind of look at it the opposite way. If you're having a shorter season, have the top teams have longer playoff series. So like to me, what I would do is you keep the 10 teams, five on each side, two wild cards, but then you have the four and five play a three game wild card play in instead of one, which I don't like anyway. And then you have just best of seven three times. DSCS World Series, all best of seven. I was a proponent for that on the regular stuff. You know, when everything was normally going around, I think the wild card game should have been a best of three. Yeah. And that still makes you your money because you're getting more money. Possibly, you're getting an extra four games out of that. So it's like an extra round of the playoffs anyway. And you're not watering it down. My problem with the seven, like I – that's long. First of all, you're going to have an extra round of the playoffs. That's extra travel. That seems more dangerous. Uh, extra part of the country, presumably going to be involved because there's extra teams. We don't know who's traveling unless, there. Unless you have it centralized, you know? Yeah. But they're saying that they don't, they don't want to do that. They want October games to be a, in the home parks because the rest of the season, we don't know. It could be in spring training facilities. Let's, let's say the Yankees in the mix make the playoffs. New York is the worst hit state right now. Right. So not one, but now two teams are coming here and playing here. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's, 
I think as much as I hate it, I think the best thing would be host playoff games, you know, in Arizona and Florida. Yeah. I, again, there will, I'm still convinced there will be baseball. Uh, I'm still convinced if there's not baseball, it's going to be because of a major snafu, like not agreeing on money, not because of COVID. Uh, but I do very much support doing it as intelligently as possible. So if that means not playing in New York City, that's just how it is. I'd rather see baseball, smart baseball, than no baseball. And I'd rather see them try than not try is basically where I'm at as a fan and just from my own standpoint. I agree. So, uh, yeah, so, and the 50-player thing, going back to that, so there's no minor leagues this year. Uh, they just canceled the AFL. AFL? I'm sorry, the AHL in hockey. They just canceled their minor league season. Baseball, I don't know if they've officially announced it, but that's almost certainly going to happen. Um, which means you're talking about you're having your minor league squad essentially with you at all times. And I don't know how they're going to stay warm, I guess, intra-squad intra games or something. You also talk about more people being at risk. It's, it's all, it's, it's tough. You know, more yeah. people traveling, it's... So, gonna... I don't, and Renee had brought up he doesn't want taxi squads deciding a division, which I totally agree with. You don't, like, baseball wasn't meant to have 50 player rosters decide games, but I think that they'd probably only allow 30 on the team. Yeah. And the other 20 are kind of like your, uh, like your, your, um, yeah. It's like the 40 men and 25. Right. I'm trying to think of the NFL term and I can't think of it, but it would essentially be like the D league in the NBA. <laughs> Those are guys who are at your beck and call, but they're not on the roster. You can't just insert them into a game anytime you want. You have to make an official move. I'm okay with all that. Um, that does benefit the Yankees probably. It solves the Clark Schmidt problem. Uh, and I'm sure there's many other teams with good farm systems that it's going to benefit too. Namingly like the uh, Dodgers <laughs> come to mind. Rays. Yep. So this, that's a huge power move for the Rays who have a great farm system. It does Wander Franco who hasn't played above a ball now have a spot on that 50 man? Yes, probably. Does. Yeah, defensive replacement, absolutely. And they don't have to pay. You know, you presumably do not have to pay any sort of pre-arb or start anyone's clock for being on that fifty man either, unless you insert them on the third. Nope. nope. So practice squad. Thank you, Jesus. I'm like spy squad. Uh, <laughs> it's a practice squad, the most obvious term of all. Yeah. So I mean that that's going to be their practice squad. Uh, I don't have any problem with any of that. I. I think that also solves the pre-arb-arb type thing. You use them, you got you to pay them, but you don't use them. At least you can say, hey, here's my 20 guys I'm going to battle with. And it expands the rosters, which I, I and you, I know I had agreed. I'd called that like three months ago that they were going to expand the rosters more than the 26, 27 for double headers that they originally announced. Just makes sense. So you got the Universal DH, 82-game schedules being proposed. I'm sure that number is not final, but I would expect it to be between 80 and 90. Um, here's what I think. This is my conspiracy on this. They're going to agree. Put 5G in every stadium. What's that? They're going to put 5G in every stadium. <laughs> yeah. They're going to they're going to agree on whatever the revenue sharing or money breakdown is. And then after that, they'll agree to the games. And the games are going to be based on how many off days the players' union wants. Um, which will then decide the roster sizes as well. You have 30 players, you don't need as many off days. You have another 20 players to pick from, you don't need as many off days. Oh, yeah, I, I think one off day a week instead of two is uh, what's going to be happening. Yeah, and in the Yankees' case, they'll be benching Monday off. twice a week anyway because Aaron Boone's the manager. So <laughs> it's uh, – but I think that's what's going to happen. I think it's going to be a domino effect. The biggest thing is the money and, and the health, although I – Part of me thinks there's a little bit of a ploy in there from the players. I They obviously are concerned about their safety, and it makes sense. But I do think part of that is leverage as well, um, which makes sense. They should use every, every advantage they can. So that's where it's at as far as I think all of those updates. Expanded postseason, like I said, they're going to tinker with, but they're pretty much in agreement that that's going to happen. Um. You want to talk about J.D. Martinez real quick? He's an asshole. So J.D. Martinez, first of all. He's such a dense fuck. Here you go, J.D. Martinez, shut the fuck up. <laughs> Taking a page out of the Astros book. 
just comes out and says we didn't deserve the punishment we got when like 90% of major league fans are angry that they have a lack of punishment to begin with. No punishment to begin with. And he's pissed off at what they got. Yeah. He's pissed about that. And JD Martinez should really shut his mouth because this universal DH might've just given him a few million dollars down the line. No, I think of any player in major league baseball, JD Martinez benefits the most. He just opened up what? 14 more, 15 more teams to his services? Yeah. And he's got an opt-out coming at the end of the season. So he couldn't have asked for a better situation. Shut the fuck up. Shut up. Keep fishing with Ben Intendi or whatever the hell you're doing right now in your off-season. I thought I saw an article about that. And just shut up. (laughs) You're going to get your money. You barely got punished. You didn't get punished. No one on your team player-wise got punished. You're going to suck anyway. Like, that's a foregone conclusion. The Red Sox, five teams, ten teams, 14 teams are not making the playoffs. No pitching staff whatsoever. Bullpen or rotation. You don't make the playoffs that way. So, just shut up. The Marlins, Eels, and Boston would be a race to the bottom. Yes. Yes. I think the Blue Jays will finish higher than the Sox this year. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, let's think about that real quick. Let's – real quick, let's try and figure out – we'll start with the East – I still think the Yankees are the class of, of those 10 teams. I think they'll finish first. I think the Braves are a no-brainer to finish second. I, You know, I, I was high on the Mets this year. I think the Mets would finish second. Even without Noah? Without Noah. All right. Hey, I, I am also high on the Mets. I am not that high on the Mets. I Here's my, my one. Our, I'll, I'll let this out. In our prediction show, I was going to call a Subway Series. Wow, that is really, really high on the map. In our, what we had planned, which was what, March something, in our prediction show, I was going to call a Subway Series World Series. I had the Mets uh, winning a wild card, and I had them finishing above the Nationals. Those are my two hot takes. I still think that they would potentially win a wild card if it's an expanded playoff, and I still think they'll finish above the Nationals, but I don't think they'll finish above the Braves, who I think would, would win We'll come in second. We'll put it that way since there's not split divisions anymore. In this. I think, for me, I think the addition of Walker and Porcello to the Mets was huge. And, my, and if you remember, one of my predictions was that Porcello would have a better year than um, – who went to the Phillies? Um, slipped my mind from the Mets. Wheeler? Wheeler, yeah. Yeah. I forgot the Phillies got Wheeler. It doesn't really move the needle that much for me. I think that they're going to be yeah. in a little bit. If they're playing in a different park – that changes. I don't like him in that park. That's true. That's a fair point. I don't know anything about spring training dimensions, but if they're in a bigger park, then uh, that benefits the Phillies because their hitting is fine. Their pitching is shitty. I think I think the Yankees, Mets, and Braves, you know, would be the top three. Um, well, yeah, the Nats still. Oh, the Rays. <laughs> How could I forget about that? Yeah, Actually, I completely forgot about the Rays. So the Rays. I I take that back. It would be the Yankees, the Rays, and then the Mets. Yankees, Rays, Braves for me would be the top three. And then the Mets would probably be fourth. I don't I don't think they'd be – I think they'll do better than the Phillies and Nationals. I, Nationals are – again, we don't have the prediction show. Uh, I think the Nationals are going to get in a world of hurt this season because look at the 2019 Red Sox. I don't need another case. And I said that was going to happen to the 2019 Red Sox. I just thought their offense was good enough to win the wild card anyway. But same exact. The hell is real, and they lost their best player. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Nationals could have all the Sotos and Turners in the world who may or may not stay healthy all year. But at the end of the day, you have Strasburg, who was injury prone to begin with, now major, major injury prone after his usage. You have Scherzer, who's been getting hurt every year anyway, quietly. He's he's been going out of the bullpen. Corbin probably abused the most in the playoffs out of the bullpen. All those guys are at risk to me. So I have the Nationals falling hard. I'm sorry, I'm sorry Leon. Um, Phillies, to me, are they're a middle-of-the-pack team. Uh, Rays, Braves, Yankees, and then the Mets, probably right after that, are, are my teams in the East. I can't guarantee in a short season, especially the Yankees would win, would be first, but they will definitely be top three. I'm very confident in saying that. Uh, and probably top two, and most – and also probably number one. The Central would be interesting. You've uh, got 
close it out, actually. Shit. Cardinals won the division last year, although I don't think they were exactly a juggernaut. And I don't know that Flaherty is going to have like a one ERA for half the year, or in this case, the full year. Um, the Cubs are a sinking ship. I've been saying that since the 2018, so I'm not backing off that now. The Cubs, man, <laughs> they they won their chip, but Jesus Christ, did they fall hard and fast. Yep, and I saw it. I, I have not agreed with almost any move Theo Epstein's made since they won the World Series, and now you're seeing why, so I'm taking a total victory lap on that one. The Brewers, I have no idea what to ever expect from them, but they seem to get it done now two years in a row, so I'm not going to count them out. Cardinals still seem rock solid. You said you would go with the Cards? I'm trying to think. Of, so I'd probably go with the Twins. I would go with the Reds. Ooh, I like that. You know, I like the Reds. I if I'm making a top three, it's probably Reds, Cardinals, Twins in the in the East. I like the I like what the White Sox are doing. I don't think this is their time yet, but I I think that they're like maybe a year away. I think Cleveland's going to be better than expected. I could see that too. What about J Ram? Cleveland's probably like the Phillies of the Central to me. Like, they're if you told me they were going to make the playoffs, I wouldn't be shocked. But they're like a middle of the pack team to me. Um, so yeah, White Sox are a collection of talent that are probably a year or two away. They're going to take time to gel. Although, again, the short season, I don't know how to account for it. They they could totally be a team that in a short season just they get real hot early um, because no one's got a scouting report on Lewis Robert and and everyone else. And maybe they make the playoffs that way. But just on paper, they would not be in my top three. They would probably be in my top six, though, out of, uh, out of that central. And then the West, A's to me, A's and Dodgers are on another tier from everyone else. The West, man. The West would be brutal. Yeah. You still uh, have – even though I – Again, one of my other predictions was going to be Houston not making the playoffs in a traditional season. But you did say that, yeah. You have Houston, the Dodgers, and and the A's just slugging it out. And the yeah, Rangers. And the Angels, I don't think, are great, but they improved. The Rangers can hit with anybody. And the Rangers were not as bad as I thought last year, and I feel like it'd be the exact same thing this year. So, yeah, Rangers and Angels, by no means to me, are a sleeper this year. Oh, the Padres. You have the Padres in that mix. Yep, Padres kind of in that White Sox bucket in that uh, short season. I never know. The Dodgers and the Mariners are the teams you laugh at, and you just yeah, they're the bottom dwellers. Probably throw the Rockies in there too. I don't see them doing anything. They're not going to do anything. Um, Giants, yeah. Rockies, and, and Mariners—you just whatever. Those are automatic wins. Astros, Dodgers, A's to me are probably that big three in the West. If I had to choose, imagine nine games, the Dodgers. Doesn't the A's just slugging it out? That'd be sweet. I'd, I'd, I'd love to watch that. Is this the ultimate <laughs> who's the better division or who's the better league season? Or does it not work that way? I didn't think about it that way, but. Because now it's not just interleague. This is it. You're in now. You're in the division. Well, see, this forces the way interleague should be with your natural rivals. Yeah. You know, interleague started to get watered down, and the only games that really mattered were the powerhouse teams going against one another or, or your regional opponents like Yankees, Mets, you know, Dodgers, A's. Those are, you know, Cubs, Cubs, uh, White Sox. Those are fun no matter what. Yeah, absolutely. I uh, James listed 13 teams. We can go through it real quick. Astros, I'll say yes, yeah, as far as making the playoffs. Astros, I'll say yes. Dodgers, yes. He's got Diamondbacks. I haven't thought about 13 teams. I'm going to say no. Twins, yes. Indians, probably if it's an expanded one, I'm with you. I think they can get over that hump. Reds, definitely. Cubs, I'm going to say no anyway. I really don't think they're very good. Uh, Braves, yes. Phillies, again, are kind of like the Indians. I'll say yes, but I haven't looked at it completely. He's got Mets, who I know you're saying yes. Uh, I'm going to keep with my five. He's got Nationals, I say no. Rays, yes. Yankees, yes. So I'm committed to seven teams out of that that are definitely making the playoffs. Yeah, and maybe three or four who logically would, just because I haven't looked at a full 14 slate yet. I think in that setup, if we're looking at 13 teams, I think the, the Rangers would make it. 
Um, yeah, actually, where's my phone? I'm going to pull it up so I have the standings in front of me. Now, yeah, now <laughs> the, the watchers have me curious. Uh, I'm just going to go down the AL. You can come. You yeah, like if I go down, let me see. So I, have, I actually have ESPN on my uh, computer screen. Okay. And it breaks it down perfectly, east, central, and west. Okay. So going down, I'll say Yankees, yes. Rays, yes. Braves, yes. Mets, yes. Phillies. I'm counting for you, by the way, and then I'll go. So okay, Phillies, say yes. The Nationals, yes. So what's that? Six and one division? Yep. Um... Remember, you got it. It's fourteen for the whole league, though. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Then I have the Reds, the Cardinals, the Indians, the Twins. Okay. You're up to ten. Then I would go Oakland, Oakland, Texas, L.A., and fucking Houston, I guess. <laughs> nice. Uh, okay, yeah, we're not we're not far off. I'll go down here real quick. Start with the A. Yankees and Rays definitely go to the NL. Braves, uh, Mets, yes. I'm gonna stop there for now. I might go back. Um, Cardinals, yes. Reds, yes. Brewers, yes. You got the Brewers in, okay? Yep. Let me go back to the AL. Twins, yes. Indians will say yes. That's ten. Oakland, yes. Astros, yes. That's 12. Dodgers, yes. That's 13. So I got one more. So in my mind, that comes down to uh, Phillies or Nationals. <laughs> Phillies, Nationals, Padres, Rangers, Angels, or White Sox or Blue Jays would all be kind of that last one to me. I will say just based on proxy of competition um i'm gonna take a west team and i think i would take the padres yeah who's in the texas rotation that's what they got the hitters and have lance lynn who's magically good but who else is in that rotation i think we should come back at this because like yeah like right now i'm looking at the teams and, and what i like for them as a team but then you really have to look at the opponents. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what I was seeing. That may not have made the playoffs in a regular season with a regular layout may make it under these circumstances. Yeah. Let's come back to it once we have an alignment actually agreed on. Yeah. <laughs> and then we can go from, because they may go back to great. I'm looking at the West and I mean, the Mariners, the Giants and the Rockies are going to get beat up. Right. The other thing too is like, like, the Cubs can sneak in. If you look at that Central again, looking at their opponents. Yeah, I guess it's kind of rude to say that the Cubs are automatically a bottom 30 team. I don't know if I don't know if they're I, I a bottom 15 team. I don't know if I'm We would need a alignment so we can see what the opponents are. Yeah. I guess, yeah, that's fair. I, I guarantee you the Cubs are not a top 10 team. I can't commit to them not being a top 15 team. So they're, they're in that mix, but – Right, one of the edgy and just that's what I mean. It's it's twist that knife. Under the yeah, under the traditional standings, maybe, but with with this layout, I mean, you know, everybody's gonna beat up on Baltimore. Yeah, yeah, they're in it. Everybody's gonna beat up on the Royals. Everybody's gonna beat up on the Mariners. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Pittsburgh is as poorly as they run. They always start hot and they yeah, hot start yeah. And, you know, they didn't – because they didn't – what was their record last year? It wasn't that bad, was it? I think they were. Let me see. 93 losses. So, like, yeah, that's – every year I'm like, that talent's going to lose 105 games. And every year they, like, almost win 70. So, Pittsburgh's a good dark horse. Pittsburgh and then obviously the White Sox and Padres, probably my three – those are my three. They might benefit the most from a shortened season teams, I think. Leon, want, Leon wants everyone to make the playoffs. He said that's why there should be 15 playoff teams. <laughs> I I still like the 10. Um, I'm a little bummed out if it goes to the 14. It's watering it down. I like 13 getting one team a bye. 
13, yeah, with the one team buy. I, I mean, 14, 13 doesn't – anything past 10 to me is silly unless you're going to go to 32 teams. Then I'm – like, Let me get I, – I like 13 with this layout of three divisions. Yeah. Because, you know, that, that changes everything. So, for you, it's three division winners. Then 10 like, teams. Just the top 10. So, it's not like – it's not like hockey where you have to have at least three in each of the conferences and then you have wild cards after that. The, the 10 best teams. Okay. So theoretically, there's going to be 10 teams in each division. So theoretically you could have. You could have four or five teams. from you know, like division. an entire division. I mean, it's not mathematically possible. When I was looking at it, what did I have? Six from the East? Yeah. Okay. I don't hate an idea of which makes it it makes it fun because now you're talking about matching up with teams that you potentially saw a lot during the regular season. Right. I don't hate an idea of like top three in each division, so that brings you to nine, mm-hmm. and then doing like a top five wild card. But I do if you're gonna expand the playoffs, that wild card can't be a play in. It has to be like its own series and the best teams are not involved. They should be able to rest, set their rotation, do anything they want, and have home field advantage if you're gonna water it down by adding all these like five hundred. You're gonna all those teams eleven to fourteen are gonna be like barely five hundred. Maybe yeah. there might be one under. <laughs> I don't know. So anyway. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's, so th- those are the newest updates. I'm pretty confident. I know I mentioned it in the beginning of the show. I think that every week now we're probably going to have enough updates where we can just keep talking about it. Um, you missed. If, if we need a gimmick show, we can add it in, but There's I don't. You missed. Oh, what? Oh, yes. Let's pour some out. I don't have a 40 with me or else I'd pour it. Uh, yeah, that's the last, <laughs> there you go. That is suspicious that that was sitting right there. Um, yeah, so the World Baseball Classic canceled, which if you've been watching Dong City for a while, you'll know that you probably won't find two bigger World Baseball Classic fans than Henry and I. Uh, I don't have a cool hat like him yet, World Baseball related. If I did, it'd probably be the Netherlands or Puerto Rico. Those are the two best ones. The big eyes for Italy. Yeah, <laughs> that, their hat sucks and it drives me crazy. Yeah. And the U.S. hat sucks too. It's pretty bad. Venezuela is badass. Yeah, it, like, the, like the World Cup, I always root for Italy and the U.S., Venezuela has the cool logo and the kick-ass colors. Yeah, Italy's hat sucks, or else I'd gladly buy one and be that guy. But I, it's so bad, I don't want to own it. An italicized eye, literally. It's, <laughs> it's yeah, not- it's a free, and it's not. Yes, it's not even like a cool like upper. It's just like a. Whoops, it's just like a line. Yeah, it's an italicized eye. It's, yeah, it's- it is ridiculous. It's such a stupid hat. Luckily, they redo them like every World Baseball Classic, but they won't be this time because they canceled it. And as a further punch in the dick... Postponed it. Yes, postponed it, but as a further punch in the dong, uh, not until 2023, you said, right? 2023. That sucks. There you go. Joe Sherman, WBC is going to be moved from next March to 2023, pending approval by the tournament board just ripping my heart out and probably killing any momentum at having you know yeah the tournament being every two years or, or whatever less than than it's every four now coming off by far the best classic so far not just saying that because us won that was a truly great tournament everyone was into it except my trout i think they all were really good tournaments um yep arenado you uh, an american hero uh you know <laughs> better than Mike Trout at this point. I should move to Yemen for hating the USA baseball hat. Look, I love the, I'm like an American flag sucker. They, the only, they screwed that up. One thing I would change, I would change the championships has to be, a, give me a three round, give me a three round series. Yeah. Three straight games, just three round series. You know, I don't like the single game championship. <clears throat> I agree. Oh, I think at least the championship should be a best of three. Uh, also, was there a rule if you uh, single elimination? I mean, I'm sorry, if you if you had no losses, like it's still single elimination? Yeah. Yeah, that's stupid. Uh, double elimination. Right, but if you went undefeated, you could still lose. Yeah, yeah, you could still lose the championship. Yeah, that's dumb. 
I uh, it should be like little, little in little best teams, the two best teams in the world baseball classic classic had to play each other before yeah. that was Puerto Rico and the Dominican right yeah yeah uh, yeah I don't like that if you're undefeated at that point you should be able to take an L as long as you win twice it should be a best of three that solves everyone's problems it would be more fun and draw more viewers and yeah um, so. Anyway, that's the most upsetting thing ever. I'm not talking about the Little League World Series, Ben. I'm talking about my Little League growing up at Warren Field in New Jersey, in which case it was double elimination, and you had to beat the undefeated team twice if they were undefeated. Otherwise, it was just single elimination. But, um, you need to let Eddie Morales know you were being sarcastic with the better than Trout comment. <laughs> uh, yeah, Eddie, welcome to Dong City, where I like to shift into satirical characters every so often. And one of those personalities that I play is the one where I like to shit on Mike Trout for being boring. And him refusing to play in the World Baseball Classic is boring, as well as his comments on the COVID situation, which are boring, as well as his biggest passion in life, which is weather, which is boring, as well as his numbers and being an automatic, probably top 10 player of all time, just consistently doing great things, but they're so boring because he never leads the league in home runs. It's ridiculous. So that's, <laughs> that's my trout personality. I recognize he's a great player. Uh, he's not better. He is better than Arenado, but uh, couldn't, couldn't resist. My trout can actually hit away. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm, I'm legitimately upset about it. I was looking forward to it, and we have lobbied World Baseball Classic should be every two years, and now we're not going to have it for, like, six years. And I think what brings it, you know, what makes it special for people is that it's baseball, but it's clearly a different brand of baseball. And it's fun, and it's competitive, and you don't worry about, you know, the, the people screaming at the clouds, you know, it's dude have you ever been to a, a caribbean world series or even a literally caribbean world series you know the vuvuzelas in the stands yeah people are having a good time it, it's just that style of baseball is very very energetic you know it's it just it's charismatic it's just sexy there's just something gorgeous about that style of play and it just sucks that we're not going to have that I have said this perhaps to be taken in a racist fashion by others. Um, when Alex Cora got hired by the Red Sox and Aaron Boone got hired by the Yankees, I was upset. And reason being because it is my firm belief when you are from a place like Puerto Rico or uh, Dominican Republic, you bleed baseball. And it's so cool in the World Baseball Classic to see those fans – like actually come to life rooting for their team. I'm not saying American fans aren't good. Uh, like obviously like, you know, Yankee fans are great in the playoffs, but it's just different. It's like you said, it's, it, they, it is their culture. It is their life and they bleed it. And I wanted that in a manager, which is why I thought Alex Cora would be great. How great? Joey I have Cora no idea. Joey Cora is out there. No, Joey Cora is not allowed anywhere near New York for the rest of existence until he learns how to apologize for being outside the baseline. Look, I tell you what, Beltran's going to serve his suspension. Add Beltran back to the Yankees and we'll be happy. Yeah, Beltran is my top choice. You really want to make me happy. When you expand, put that team in Puerto Rico. (laughs) I will be happy. I will make multiple weekend trips to catch games if that were to happen. No, our resident expert, Renee Schultz, said it's not happening. So you're done. That's it. It's going to happen. <laughs> it's, I, I don't want to war with Renee's opinion on Puerto Rico. It's not happening. You're done. He just joined. As I, I was about to say, he just joined. Yeah. I mentioned his name. <laughs> I got a bat signal, no pun intended, that uh, I could send up for Renee anytime Puerto Rico's mentioned. He's going to come on the show. He's going to refute anything you feel. Renee, you're not helping. No, you're done. You're the team in Puerto Rico, coño. Um, James, I want to bring up one more thing before we go. That is that replay may not happen in 2020. Uh, I do not have any sort of opinion on this. I mentioned earlier. I think it will happen. I think it makes sense to use as much technology as possible. Yeah. I'm kind of confused as to why this is even a hot button because to your point, they should be doing as many automated things as possible from a social distancing standpoint. Imagine so, like 
instead of instead of the umpire having the headset in the dugout waiting for it, imagine you have something on the scoreboard and you're just waiting. Everybody's looking at the scoreboard. It's like out, safe, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. Well, there will be no fans. What the hell am I talking about? <laughs> I'm trying to read in this article like something that's like this makes any sense. Yeah, I didn't I haven't seen anything about that one. That's a new one. I'm wondering what uh makes him think either that. way whatever the motive is i um i i don't love replay i love that it, that it's an option i don't love the way it's currently used i the only replay i've some stuff not for everything yeah i i didn't like the expanded replay um and i don't like the way that mlb goes about it i don't like that an umpire it, it's it feels old it's like when nfl used to go into those stupid under the hood things Oh it, it, they, it's old. They have a centralized location that is looking at every play as it happens. That way, if someone wants to challenge that, you, an answer. They have that. Yeah. No, they have. No, I know. And the umpire has to go and like, make a phone call, and they still somehow take two or three minutes to give them an answer. That, that play should be, by the time the umpires get to the dugout and pick up the phone, they should have an answer immediately. Yeah. Water your big ass back over there. And it should be announced on the on the scoreboard in my mind. To well, just that's exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, ha- have the drama. Have all the fans looking up. This motherfuckers out. Let's do this yeah, thing. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't. Uh, hockey. I love their replay. Although oddly, when I watch it recently, they seem to take longer than they used to. But I, they have a centralized location. The, the I mean, the ref does go and he listens, but it's pretty quick. Tennis is the best replay of all, but you can't have the same thing because it's. I mean, tennis is kick-ass. Tennis, immediately you see if the ball yeah. hits the line. And That's like, cool oh. shit. I, I've always been jealous of tennis replay. Football, I think, has gotten better, but they have the same problem. They review too many things. Um, and they're scaling back on that with the with the oh, uh, pass interference. Was one of the, that that. Like, the, the, the glowing puck in hockey, remember? when they think they puck, a- yeah. I like that. but I did, too. So did my dad. That was always his problem for not watching hockey. He didn't know where the puck was. Yeah, I, I thought that was cool. You saw the little, you know, the glow puck. Yeah, that was cool. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't like the way MLB replay is. Not because I don't like replay. I just don't like the way that they do it. Uh, and it should improve. And I don't care if they take it away for now until that happens. It's slow and old, like baseball. Yes. Yeah. Lots of lots of room for improvement. This is their chance. That's why there will be baseball. That in about four or five billion dollars. And we will touch base more on that next week. You think it's going to be that little? No, it'll probably be more. I'm just taking half of what their revenue would be, which is about five billion dollars. But it, it doesn't work out that way. It'll probably be like seven or eight, maybe oh, seven and a half is what I was thinking exactly. <laughs> also depends how much you expand the playoffs and how much regular season. There's a lot of factors there. It's billions of dollars. Let's leave it at that. Yeah. So we will be back next week. I like the 7 p.m. time. Seems to be working for everyone. Um, so we'll keep it this way for now. See if we can get a guest for next week. See if we want a guest for next week. Otherwise, we'll be right back here. Someone lined up, but he's uh, unavailable. Yeah, we'll see if that changes. So this has been Dong City. Thank you for joining us. We will be back next week. Dong City, bitches.